It's Victory Monday, October 30th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, even though the pickings are slim, there's always hope he'll find a costume by tomorrow. J.P. Shackrick. When you work with words, words are your work. And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, the first hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick with you. Pete Prisco coming up. Tony Vestelli a little bit later. We're at the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville on 1010XL AM. Jaguars.com and Jaguars YouTube. Coming up, a recap of Jaguars 20, Steelers 10. And now five straight wins for the Jags in five different stadiums in four different cities over a seven-time zone stretch. What a run for the Jags. Now tied for the best record in the AFC. The bye week ahead. We'll keep it real. Fanatics fan questions. And we've got a lot of show ahead. Well, uh, Doug Peterson, Jaguars head coach, after the game, happy with where they are going into the week nine bye week. I told the team, you know, the, the first half of the season, these first eight games, I think, you know, with the – the, all the travel and Thursday games and, and in and out of hotels and different things like that. The guys have really handled it extremely well. Proud of the guys for doing that and, and really excited to be, uh, you know, 6-2 and two at, at the bye. Let's welcome in CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. Tony Baselli will join us a little later in the program tonight. Some other things going on early today. Pete, what a win for the Jags. They go up to Pittsburgh, they punch them in the mouth and get the job done. Yeah, you know what, JP? That was a uh, – it was a better win than the score would indicate because they had issues at certain times. Uh, you know, Trey Herndon gets a pick six, which he would have had if he holds on to the football. Yep. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't make that terrible, terrible throw, and I don't know what the hell he was doing on that play. There was nobody. He could have checked it down maybe to ETN in the middle of the field and lived another day, but I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, that was so unlike him. And there were just little things that kind of prevented them from – from being up more than what they were. And they dominated that game. That's not a good Pittsburgh team. Um, Mike Tomlin's got the best out of them, but they are not a great Pittsburgh team. And so, uh, yeah, it's a good win, though. You go up there on a Sunday, you know, when the last game before the bye, and you get that victory, that's impressive for them. Certainly is on top of the previous four as well. And now the uh, entire idea of this season has turned back to what we were thinking going into the season. The Jaguars are right there. They are tied for the best record in the AFC, Pete. As it stands today, if it ended today, and it never does, they would be the number three seed in the AFC playoffs. Uh, a lot of big games coming up, of course, but uh, they're right there in the mix. Yeah, and, and again, now you get the bye, and you get to sit back, and, and then you come off your bye, and you have two home games. And one of them is against the San Francisco team that, quite frankly, can't stop anybody anymore. I mean, that's two games in a row where they've given up a boatload of yards throwing, and they come in there, and then you get uh, – who's the one after? The Ravens right after that? Is that who no, it is? No, it is uh, – oh, gosh. I no, I got that schedule wrong. It's, it's San Francisco. And, and oh, I think San it's – Titans, yes, of course, the Titans. So, And Will Levis was outstanding on Sunday, yeah. and I'm a big Will Levis guy, and I think he'll end up being their quarterback. But, you're, again, you're facing a rookie quarterback on the road, and that's to your advantage. So, again, the schedule, I thought before the season the schedule was favorable. It's playing out that way. 
Um, and I do think that you look back on the Chiefs game, they had no business losing that game, I don't mm. think. Um, so, you look, you'd be sitting with the best record, tied with the best record in the league. And how whatever happened against the Texans, we'll look back on that in December and go, what was that? Because that's a good – the Texans team is – is feisty and CJ Stroud's playing well, but let's be real, JP. Yeah, that that score was just got away from him. And you remember after that game, I mean, Doug Peterson was even saying, you know, he said on one of the interviews with us, I think on the Doug Peterson show the next week, it was a lot of BS going on. Like, what does that mean? I'm sure we we won't find that out until things are you know down the road a little bit further but if that's the turning point of the season then hey that they had to get away to you know uh, get closer to each other and everything you always joke don't, about don't buy into that that's tony's <laughs> that's tony's bs don't buy into that <laughs> but i mean that, we'll find out i mean I, i'm curious and you know if it comes to a, an end in the super bowl and all that and there's a, a trophy and everything that comes with it what that actually was that texans game could be the turning point yeah, and, and again, sometimes you have a game like that and it just kind of galvanizes the whole team. They had a lot of mistakes. Remember that game was all full of mistakes, Horrible. busts and coverages and and receivers weren't sitting down against the zone. They'd run right into the, into the zone and, and instead of sitting down and giving Trevor Lawrence some uh, options in that, against that zone. So I think there were a lot of things at play, and they kind of used that to, like they did last year with the Denver game to kind of get them going. And I think that's where they are right now. And and this is, you know, for, despite what some in the outside say, it's a good football team. And I don't think they've come close to playing as well as they can on offense. Mm -hmm. I just don't. It's not. And, and I was I watched the tape today, JP. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk a little bit about the offense, but in a bit. But I just don't think they're right. They're quite there yet. In fact, there's a lot of things you look at it and you go, OK, what's missing? And we'll get into that later on if you want to, but I, 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 like I just I just look at it and I go, well, there's just a couple things missing, particularly yeah. with the quarterback. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a little bit, of course. The uh, Jaguars offense, they've uh, had some injuries on that side of the ball as well. Well, this is a defense, Pete, that was dinged up a little going into yesterday. Two starting players in the secondary were out, of course. Tyson Campbell did not play. Andre Sisco was a scratch with – some cramping issues the last couple of weeks, and it turned into kind of a hamstring issue as well. So, Monteric Brown at corner again. Andrew Wingard comes in at safety. Uh, Darius Williams has three more passes defensed on the other side. Trey Herndon was in the stat book again. Uh, hey, guess what? The secondary stood up tall again and played big and got the job and, done. And you mentioned it. Winger was outstanding on Sunday. You know, we a couple of years ago we used to. I I did. I'd, I'd criticize him a little bit, but didn't think he was that good. In the last year and, and a half, when he's been on the field, he's become a different player. And the interception he had, he was on the right hash, and went clear across the field to make the interception, and he never saw him. You know, Trubisky never saw him. It was just a really good read the eyes of the quarterback not being threatened in my area so I'm going to go there and go attack it and go get the football it was a great play but he made a lot of plays in the run run game as well he was active uh, and he's a good guy to have as your third safety and you know and bring him in in some dime packages as well he played really, really well Darius Williams is playing at a pro bowl level period end of story he's been one of the better cornerbacks in the league so far this year 
Should have had an interception, dropped it. Yep. Um, but but really playing good, smart, tough football. And then Trey Herndon should have had a pick six. Yep. I mean, that was a whole nother story. That game, <laughs> that game is in a whole different field to him if he gets that one. But all in all, and, and Brown didn't play as well this week as he did a week ago. He gave up the touchdown to, to Pickens um, and didn't play as well. But it wasn't a liability. It wasn't like he was a disaster out there either. And so add it all up, when Campbell comes back and Cisco comes back, and that's a good secondary. And we didn't think it would be. They, they've they've made a lot of people eat their words about that secondary, including us. We, we all said that they had questions about the secondary. And Antonio Johnson got the, the Hail Mary interception at the end of the game, but he got one. He did. And when you get one, sometimes you start feeding off of that. So, yeah, you mentioned the secondary. Kudos to that group. They're playing above and beyond what I thought they would play to. We'll dig deep into the defense coming up, especially on the defensive line and uh, some reasons why they've been so good against the run. Yeah, the Steelers weren't running a lot anyway coming in, but they ensured it again yesterday. And you know what's the... funny real quick, though, back yeah. to the secondary, JP? Yep. The opening play of the play of the game against the defense. He what happens if he hits Deontay John wide open in the middle of the wide field? Johnson probably should have he probably should have caught it. It wasn't <laughs> a great throw, but he should have caught it. So you have that one. Then you had the touchdown in the, the wide open in the end zone. He threw it behind him. Mm-hmm. You know you wonder what happens if those passes get hit. You know if they hit those because those were wide open guys. They got they they busted on the one was a pick in the end zone. He got picked. Monteric Brown got picked off. He had no chance. And the one in the middle of the field was just a busted coverage. That can happen from time to time. <laughs> We've seen that before, uh, certainly. Uh, we'll we'll get to uh, deeper on this defense, as we said, including the pass rush. The Jaguars got home three times for sacks, two of those from Josh Allen yesterday, Pete, one of those from Trayvon Walker, and he pushed the tackle back into the quarterback. And, he, and, and you, show, you saw his power, and we know he has power. He does that move all the time. He just gets into the midsection of the defensive lineman. And on that play, he, I mean, the offensive lineman, he, had a, he just ran him over. The guy couldn't hold up against him. Again, though, the problem is the pass rush moves. Um, there was one play where he actually got a pressure where he slid inside and made a pass rush move, and I thought, there's progress. Uh, so it was better, much better. How, how did they credit those sacks? Because when you watch them on the film – did they credit Josh Allen with two? They did credit Josh Allen with two full sacks and Trayvon Walker with one. So a total of three for the team. So it, the one sack looked like it was a shared sack, but I guess it looked now, like you know maybe what? It was... That's a good point. I need to go back and see if they did a half and a half. And then, yeah. Because it looked like Roy Robertson Harris was right there. I think it was. That's who it was. It was right, right there with him. I'll have to dig through and just double yeah. check that. Yeah. But again, pass rush better, not great, better. Um, Josh Allen playing out of his mind. What does that give him now? Ten. Uh, Josh nine. for the season is at nine. He's second in the league now. Daniel Hunter has uh, ten. Yeah, I mean Josh Allen making a bunch of money. He's making a bunch of money. Kudos to him. I mean, you know, look, he, we said it. I said it earlier this season. Didn't think he was a game wrecker. Uh, he's becoming a game wrecker. He's playing like a game wrecker. And that's all you can ask for him. It's a it's a big season for him. He spent the entire offseason away getting himself in tip-top shape. And he's playing to that 
type of expectation that he has, I know for himself, and I think that many around the league had when he came into the league. So uh, he's been outstanding, continues to get better and better, and he that money, woo-wee! <laughs> you wonder if maybe they should have signed him to an extension before the season. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot cheaper for the Jaguars then, so sure. But um, I get why they didn't. I yeah. get why they didn't. Yeah, you got to go prove it, right? And he is certainly going to prove it uh, this year. We've got plenty ahead. We'll come back and get into the quarterback play yesterday. A little more on the defense coming up uh, a little later in the show. Tony Baselli coming up later tonight. In the second hour, we'll have the Fanatics fan questions. We'll keep it real as we always do. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Yeah, we were an empty, and uh, I don't think, I don't know if we've ever thrown that ball to the running back out there. Uh, so, honestly, got to give a lot of credit to Travis for staying ready, for knowing what the look was. They played a cover two, and the corner jumped our, our out by, uh, I think that was Calvin at number two, um, that receiver there. Um, so the corner jumped that, and Travis was just rolling down the sideline. And the safety, really, instead of getting high over the top, he drove as well. I think he thought I was throwing it to Calvin there too. And then, you know, got fortunate I put enough air on it because that could have been bad as he had, a, he had a jump on it if I threw it flat. So, you know, Travis making a great play down the field. That's a tough play for running back and him being able to haul it in and then go and finish it and go score. I mean, that was a huge play for us after we had, I think we had turned it over right before that. Defense got a big stop, and then we went and had that play to score. So that was a big, big swing for us right there. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, of course, discussing the 56-yard touchdown pass to Travis Etienne Jr. Late in the third quarter, five minutes and change to play in the third, and the Jaguars went up 17-3. After that one, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, CBS Sports Senior Writer. And I believe that the Hall of Famer has entered the chat. Tony well, Vazelli. He's in a car. Where are you, Tony? I'm in, uh, I'm in San Francisco, Northern California. What do you mean, uh, sort of? Pete, I was getting phone calls. I was in a meeting, and I'm getting phone calls. He's joined the show as Pete is awful by himself. You know what? I did radio by myself for a long time in that city, and it was far from awful, A. And B, you were trying to make a joke, and your connection is so bad that it broke up before you could even get the joke. Unbelievable. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> JP. So bad. It the joke didn't, no, didn't go across. It didn't, hit. it didn't hit. And okay. your screen's the wrong way, Tony. It's Everything's all wrong oh, here. It's unbelievable. How about that? How's that? That's How's great. That? I mean, you look like you're in a desert or something. doesn't look like it. Where are, where is, are you in San Francisco or are you outside of San Francisco? I'm outside San Francisco. Yeah, you look like you're in a desert or something. I'm not in a desert. I'm driving from, call it Stanford, back to uh, – uh, San Francisco. Okay. Hmm. All, right. All right. Well, um, hey, let's let's get into the offense yesterday. And Trevor, you know, watching him on that screen, his car shaking. Yeah. And everything. You're not driving, are you, Tony? No, I'm not driving. I'm the passenger. I'm oh. Just relaxed. Let's make it sure. Um, I feel make- sorry for the driver, by the way. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I do too. He has to listen to me. 
He just he just got done listening to me for an hour, and I used to listen for. Well, if you're going from Palo, you're going from Palo Alto to uh, San Francisco. The show will be over by the San Francisco. Yeah, you'll be sitting in traffic. <laughs> no, there's zero traffic. We're gonna be back in 30 minutes. That's a doubtful. Hey, um, Trevor Lawrence highs and lows yesterday, right? The interception, and he admitted, "Yeah, I just made a bad mistake. That was dumb. I shouldn't have done that." And next time, I'll throw it away, kind of deal. And but hey, they come back with the touchdown. You just heard him talking about that play to, to Travis Etienne and. Um, the wherewithal to make that throw. And then ETN was back in the game at that point after an ankle issue. He had turned his ankle and was like, I got to go back and finish. I'm going to have a week off next week anyway, so why not play? So that pretty much got him out in front by two scores, and, and that was the difference. Well, they, the game should have been over long before that, A. B, I don't know what Trevor Lawrence was even seeing. That That was a two-man route with the check down being the third to ETN and I don't there were eight Steelers in the area when he when he threw that ball it was I just don't understand what he unless he was he trying to throw it away I, it didn't mm-hmm. look like it no he it said was, it was just no, a terrible no. he said after the game he was trying terrible. to hit Ridley Pete, it goes back to what I said uh, a couple of weeks ago the biggest issue tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence has is he's too competitive. He doesn't know when just to give up on a play and say, you know, let's live the fight another day. And he's trying to make something happen when there's nothing there to make happen. He had another. Yeah, I, 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 that one I didn't. That one I didn't understand at all. He could have checked it down. He, he did have ETN in the middle for a check down. It would have got no. It would have got like two yards. But you, you're right. You live to play another down. What that what, wasn't that first down. Yes, yeah. first and goal to six. First, yeah, first and goal. Yeah, you check it down or you throw it into the crowd. That's the end of that. That was a bad decision. Uh, and then there were other plays where, again, we've this problem has crept up a little bit where he had the second level and took the early shot, the quicker shot. He sped up a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to have a hard time being too uh... – critical of him he was 24 for 32 292 and if you take away the one interception it was almost a perfect day yeah i'm look i'm not i'm just saying there are the reason i say that tony no there is so much more on that plate that they're going to get to that's what i'm trying to say i don't think i I don't think we've come close to seeing the best of this offense at all all season we head to the break the offense hasn't come close to being as good as it's going to be. That's my. That's why I say that. I would agree with you. I would agree with you 100%. I think that if this team stays healthy, they're only going to get better on the second half of the year. I mean, I love seeing that play to ETN down the sideline. That, that to me, it, you know who used to do that? The guy that you played with. Yep. Yeah. There aren't a lot of backs who can do that. That's that's a that's a skill set. That's a real skill set. So, yeah, I was I was a, look. He played really good football. He's been playing really good football. He last two weeks with a guy with an injured knee. He's played well. I just think there's so much more, and he knows it, and you know it, and the team knows it, and the rest of the league knows it. It's coming, and it's going to be those next level throws. I still think it goes back to early in the season. They were a little. The play calling was a little disjointed because they were scared of the interior of the offensive line. And don't get me wrong, the, I, the interior of the offensive line, Tony. I don't know if you watch a tape on your way to San Francisco. It was, it was, wasn't great in pass protection again. Yeah, I didn't have access to it yet, and so I'll have to watch it later. So, um, watching it live, 
I thought overall the protection was above average. Um, I thought Cam was great against outside Smith. I thought he did a great job. Um, and I thought outside of, you know, they left Anton Harrison by himself more than I ever thought they would. And I would say outside of two or three plays, he did a good job. He threw him to the ground a bunch of times. And he, he got away. Visible. I will say this. He got away. He got away with about three holds. I mean, blatant. It's not Blake. a hold they don't call it, Pete. Oh, they're spoken like a true offensive lineman. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, he got away with a bunch of holds, but he threw him to the ground a couple different times. That, 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 that shows you how powerful he is. Yeah, I thought he played. I thought he played. I think Shatley has problems. Only- you know that. Shatley has problems in pass protection. Uh, the center had some problems in pass protection. But aside from that, you're right. It was, it was a solid day. Yep, I thought they played physical. They were they were tough. I think mean, I think it's a physical, tough-minded team. I, I, not much phases them. And the tight end, the rookie mm-hmm. tight end, for the first time, I've been waiting for it. He was blasting people on Sunday. You go back and watch that tape. He he's blasting people. He comes. He pulls. He gets in those those those. You know, he gets in the traps, and he he was hitting people on Sunday. And how good's Evan Ingram? Yeah. 10 targets, 10 catches, 88 yards. He did lose one, but, um, hey, the perfect day in terms of catching him. Yeah, he, play, he played well. And, and, you know, the play calling I thought was better. You know, they probably ran a screen 14 times, I think, but there were 13 of them. They would have got the one that was knocked down at the line of scrimmage. That was going, that was going to go for about 35 yards. And somebody – they ask me all the time, what play, what play, what play am I going to criticize on Sunday, the fans? I was going to criticize the shovel pass. But after watching the tape, the shovel pass might have gone for about 25 yards if Sheriff makes his block. All I had to do, get in front of the guy and make your block. It goes for 25. It, it was a crack and a crease, and he didn't, he didn't make his block. Otherwise, that's a big play. So I can't really criticize. I didn't love it. I don't like inside <laughs> shovel passes to the tight end like that. But I didn't mind it after watching it. So I really didn't have any. There were no bad decisions, wow. nothing really to criticize. Wow. For the first time, I come out of the game, and I, I left there thinking, okay, there were no bonehead decisions to criticize. Well, they didn't They didn't go for it on fourth down either, Pete, in the game. So well, there was well, there you go. Well, there you go. They kick field goals all day. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure Doug's sleeping much better this week knowing that you didn't criticize him, Pete. Well, he's got a bye week. He doesn't have me on his back, and uh, it's all good, and he's 6-2. I mean, what's, what's not to like about it? Hey, by the way, the, the last time the Jaguars were this good was 1999 when they were 7-1 and one through eight games. They were 6-2 and two also in 1998. Those are the two best starts through eight games until this year when the Jags are 6-2. and two. You guys are both a part of those teams, 99. Well, Pete, you were covering 90, it. 99 team was special, really special. Should have been the champs, gagged, but should have been the champs. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. You, you were the best team. You would have beat the Rams. You were the best team. I didn't say anything. But I didn't wanna, um, I'm trying to forget about that stuff. You know what people forget about the 99 team? That defense was the number one ranked defense in the league that year. They forget that. 
It was it was really yep. good. Well, I mean, yep. this this defense is playing well, but it isn't the number one ranked defense in the league. So uh, to compare the two is not fair because that team was veteran team had more talent, more star talent. At least I thought it did. But this team is where I thought it would be, if not maybe one game behind where I thought they would be at this point in the season. They have a chance to get your 13 and four still, Pete. They do. Well, particularly, you know, you're in San Francisco. All of a sudden, I can't imagine what they're saying about the 49ers out there. And they play them next week. That 49ers, you know, and we're not talking about Purdy either. We're talking about that defense. Well, I'll tell you what the sentiment in San Francisco is about the 49ers. My uh, good friend and business partner sitting right next to me asked me if they should bench Brock Purdy if he was the problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's how they feel about him right now. Yeah, but you know what? Tell your business partner maybe they should bench the defensive players. They look at the look at the look at they've given up like what six hundred something yards the last two weeks and and three touchdowns and four touchdowns and one pick. What are they doing? Well, is it Steve Wilkes, uh, Pete? You know, somebody made a point to me yesterday. Steve Wilkes sits upstairs. Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans were on the field banging. You know how the motion of it, hitting guy, you know they kind of took fed off of that. I wonder if there's a big disconnect with that now. You know, you got to think about that. Mm, something to think you, about. I mean, because that defense always seemed like they, they cut it to 24-17 Sunday, and the Bengals get the ball, and you're sitting there going, okay, well, this is where the defense gets a sack, gets the ball back, they go down and get a score. Nope, Joe Burrow, bing, 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 right down the field, game over. <laughs> hey, let's come back. we got plenty ahead. We'll get into the Jaguars' defense and where they rank and other things. We'll hear from Andrew Wingard coming up as well. He had plenty to say after the game in Pittsburgh. A Jaguars win on Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars' official four-legged fan club for pets. Presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club and sign up today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. I don't want to hear no one complaining. I don't hear no one complaining in the comments about the Jags. They were six and two. Let's go. It's a dog. Hey, hey. Absolute dog right here. We don't listen to nobody. Nobody. We us. Nobody. Hey. Let's go. All that that by Hope defense. Ah. We was hoping they would have came in here and put up a better Ah. fight. Well, there you have it. Courtesy of Action Sports Jacks. Brent Martineau with the interview. Andrew Wingard on the field after the game. Rayshon Jenkins. Boy, uh, Jaguars got it done. 20 to 10 over the Steelers. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on 1010XLAM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube. Tony Vaselli out. He'll be back with us in just a little bit when he gets settled. Pete Prisco alongside, J.P. Shadrick with you. And, uh, Pete, uh, yeah, that, de- that defense starting to talk a little bit, right, after a game like that. The confidence is there. And, and we touched on the secondary earlier. Let's let's get in the trenches now and this defensive line. Devon Hamilton was back. How did he look on tape, first of all? Rusty. He looked a little rusty. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I understand it. You know what? He looks a little lean almost, JP. Hmm. Um, 
maybe he didn't get the lift as much when he had the back injury or something, but but he'll he'll be fine. I mean, there was a couple of plays where he pushed. Did he get it on the stat sheet? Did he show up on the stat sheet? Oh, at all? I'm just trying to remember if he defense. I don't remember. He didn't play a lot of snaps. Right. Uh, Hamilton is not on there. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. He. I mean, he didn't play a lot of snaps. So um, I don't know how many what what list him playing, but just. Yeah, defense. Uh, Hamilton played 14, 21 percent of the snaps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to take it's a little pro you know process for him, but I, I do think getting him back is important because he's a, such a good run player uh, when he is on the field. I think he can push a little bit inside, so it, it's good to see him back on the field. I thought, you know, when I watched the tape, I thought Roy Roberts and Harris played well. Um, you know, Fadakasi's been playing solid. Blackson wasn't as good as he was a week ago, but he was okay. Um, Gossis made some plays on defense. So they were good. Traker made a couple plays. Still not great rushing the passer, but he made plays. Um, And Josh Allen was phenomenal up front. One of the most improved players, by the way, on that team, I said it last week, I'll say it, Devin Lloyd, again, male. I don't know how many tackles he was credited with, but he uh, he was pretty much all over the field. Nine combined and, tackles, seven solos, and one pass defense. Yeah, he was. He was. He played well. He played well, and that's a good linebacker group. So, I don't think they're a dominant, dominant defense, but they're a good defense right now. And Mike Caldwell, let's give him a lot of credit. Um, I wasn't sure about this defense, and I think they they've overachieved in a big way. Fourth in the league now against the run. I think they're fifth on third downs. Um, top ten in scoring. Number one in takeaways. Um, that that adds up to some pretty good uh, winning results for a defense. That is, you know, going into the game, that was the, the question they asked George Pickens is why is the Jaguars' pass defense so uh, ineffective? And that was that's what got him into the – the uh, little bit of trouble with the words, the uh, the hope defense and all that stuff. But the Jaguars are 31st in passing yards. But, Pete, they're 12th in the league in passing yards per play. I mean, they are uh, overall playing well. A lot of those yards come late, garbage time and, and the like. Yeah, and, and the other thing, the takeaways, what, what should they have had it? Two more yesterday? Yeah. Two, oh yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They had yeah, two. Yeah, so they should, have, they, should have, they should have 20. Yep. And that's, you know, when you're taking, and that's how they kind of made their run last year was they started taking the ball away. And when you take the ball away and don't turn the ball over, you're going to be in, in a lot of games and not win them, no matter who you're playing. So that that's an important thing for them. It's interesting because we sit here, at least I do, and talk about the pass rush, the pass rush, the pass rush. Right. Now, Josh Allen's done his thing. Normally – if you start getting concerned about the pass rush being as good as it can be, you're not getting the takeaways. Well, they are. And I think that's a, a very telling sign about how active the secondary has been this year. And I can go back to the winger play on Sunday. Yep. I mean, that that's, that's just eyes on the quarterback, not being threatened in your zone. I'm going to jump this and go over here. He had not, there wasn't a person in his area, so he could be that aggressive and make that play. And he read his eyes and went over there and made the play. And it was, that was a big, big boy safety play. That's what that was. You know, you see it all the time in the NFL. Read the quarterback's eyes, jump the route, get there, pick it off and make a play. And he did that. And, and, you know, They've been making plays like that all year in the secondary. 
So uh, the Jaguars, uh, Pete, would you say are they still needing to go get somebody, or can they can they run the rest of the way with what they have right now, considering the guys back? That's kind of what we heard from Doug Peterson. That was kind of the tone today. Hey, there's some of these guys could be back. Let's see how they play. What are they talking about? Who could be back? Well, they're talking about this? Hamilton and Smoot, right? Those are the guys that well, are they're mo- back. back most recently. They're back. Well, you yeah, said I, they're back, and they're not still not rushing the passer the way you need to to be a star-studded team. Can they elevate that as it goes along? It's a big question. You only have tomorrow to figure it out. If you, if you don't know by now, you, you would, probably don't know. I would nose around, JP. I'd still try and add a pass. I, look, I think this team has a chance to do something special. They can win the whole damn thing, okay? They can. So why hold yourself back from exploring the possibility of giving up a draft pick to go get a guy who can help your team? Uh, here's one. Derek Barnett supposedly on the market. If Derek Barnett is on the market, Doug Peterson knows Derek Barnett, right? Yeah. So there, there, you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young might be available because Washington's in the tank. Here's the problem. I think there's three draft picks this year, two, three, and four, are all tied to the Ridley trade. Right. All of them. Yep, you got to be careful with those. So you can't use those. I don't think you can. You can't trade those. Mm-hmm. So since they're all tied, so you're gonna have to trade a future pick. Now, if you're Washington, for example, and you lose Chase Young in free agency or Montez Sweat in free agency, you're gonna get a three back. So your your bare minimum, you're gonna say, okay, I'll take a three in 24 and something. I mean, in 25 and something else in 24 to get the guy like that. But if you're going to make the run and the push, okay, let's look at Seattle. Look what Seattle did today. Seattle wasn't happy where their interior of their defensive line was. So they went out and got Leonard Williams. They're ready. They think they're going to go make a push for the playoffs. And once you get in the postseason, anything can happen. So why not? Now, Jacksonville needs, I think if I'm Jacksonville and I'm Trent Falky, I'd add an edge rusher if I could, somehow, some way. I'd add an edge rusher. You can never have enough of those guys. We'll see what happens. They're going to do it by 4 o'clock tomorrow. That's the trade deadline. And is there anything else you would go pick up um, on defense? Especially? I mean, I would look at, depending on what's up with Zay Jones, that worries yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, that, that's a weird one because I, I think he's finished one game, Pete, if I'm not mistaken. He's come out of some other two and then was inactive and, and out for the rest of them. So. And and doesn't he have a knee injury now? Yes, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, and so they listed him week to week, I think. Isn't that right? And, you know, I, I'm concerned about him because they need him on the field. Because he, he he's was not what, on the field. Yeah, he opens up everything else, Pete. And and who who is on the field if he's not on the field? Agnew? Tim Jones. A different, huh? Tim Jones or Agnew. Yeah. yeah, and Tim Jones, by the way, will block. I give him that. <laughs> he, he does block. But – Need a, you need another – do you explore that, a veteran receiver maybe, if, if Zay Jones is hurt to the point where he can't go? Now, we don't know that, yeah. but they got to check that. I, I think they would know that, maybe have an idea where he is you know, now and tomorrow, and then if you can look around and see if you can make a move for a wide receiver. Now, who's out there, that, that remains to be seen. Yeah. But, you know, you thought Hopkins might be out there. They would never trade him to Jacksonville, but you thought he might be out there. But he doesn't run. They, they need they need a speed guy. That's what they're they, you know. 
that's what they're lacking. And, I mean, Zay is so good along the boundary. Uh, he's already had two catches this year, touchdowns that are just incredible. The Colts game up there week one where he's on the side of the end zone. And then in the London game, the second London game in Buffalo, the back of the end zone, toe-tapping under the right. crossbar. I mean, that's that kind of stuff you don't find every day. And they can use Ingram more. I get it. I understand that. And But you still need that third receiver. Yep. And I don't think what they have – gives them a real threat as a third receiver. You can gimmick up some stuff for Agnew, but it's not a real threat there. Plenty more ahead. We'll come back in a moment. You, we, Pete, we always do like the AFC South rankings, but considering the Jags are, what, two and a half games ahead of everybody right now, we're going to yeah. do the AFC power rankings. Wow. We're really adjusting on the fly, huh? Yeah, we're going big. Yeah, that's uh, really going out, blazing a trail here on this one. When we come back, <laughs> <laughs> Since I do those every week at CBS. <laughs> we'll, we'll just copy yours from the other day if no, you like. No, I haven't done them yet. <laughs> we'll do it right here first. As Pete Prisco. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Tony Bozzelli coming up in a little bit as well. And if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a Jaguars happy hour presented by Jet Home Loans. As a, as a competitor, you always look for something to uh, just motivate you to play the game. And uh, I feel like for me, I just kind of went to that place where uh, I feel like the students could have drafted me. They didn't. So I just wanted to uh, just come out here, first time in the stadium, just showing what they was missing out on and uh, just kind of go out there and make plays to win the game. Travis Etienne Jr., Jaguars running back, selected one pick after Najee Harris, Steelers running back, and it's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco. Tony Buscelli will be back with us in just a little bit. Love that kind of stuff, it's Pete. Funny, it's funny how the chip, these guys carry these chips around, right? <laughs> they, you know, they didn't pick me. I'm going to make them pay for it, you know? Whatever it takes, right? I mean, are you happy they didn't pick you? You playing in Jacksonville rather than in Pittsburgh? I mean, he should be. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Well, not just that. You get to live in Florida. You don't have the state income tax. Yeah. You don't live in Pittsburgh. You live in Jacksonville. Much better. Big difference. It was, it was yeah. like 82 and sunny here all weekend. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think. Um, look, he's he's having a phenomenal season. Really, really is. is. Yeah, third in the league in uh, rushing yards now and number one in carries still and up there near the top in scrimmage yards and on and everything. He's, you know, he, he turned that ankle yesterday but fought back after the Bigsby fumbled, came back in the game after that and finished it out. He is the airback of airbacks. I mean, you know, you, you want that guy who can line up and go wide and catch a pass like he did. You want a guy who can swing out of the backfield and catch the screens like he does. Uh, and he can run between the tackles. I mean, he's he's perfect for the modern game, which is exactly what you wanted when you drafted him. And um, his his value is is great. He's not the most valuable player on the team. The quarterback is obviously, but uh, he's had a heck of an impact on this season so far. He's a smart player too. I mean, he he had to work on some things this off season to improve his game, um, even before the snap and getting the football and, and everything in the, his running style. Cause he was getting blasted last year, Pete, and just getting blown up all over the place. 
Well, remember, he was really technically a rookie last year yeah, playing. He didn't. Right. He never played the game the year before. So I, I think I think that's was an adjustment for him. But but more than that, um, I just think his confidence is there now. He knows he's good, you know. And and when you start thinking you're good, you know you're good. You're going to be good. And and I think that's what he sees. Now Bigsby, that's an issue. It's not. It's not ideal. I'll say that it was an issue early in the season. They kind of toned it back a little bit and they finally gave him a chance again yesterday and lo and behold it's on the ground again now it's a close call however it was not overturned it was a fumble and there you go well the other thing he bounces too much you know he's a big physical guy at some point you just go and he has a tendency to now sometimes it works but he has a tendency to bounce too much and maybe miss a four yard gain when he turns it into a minus gain. You know what I mean? You got to, sometimes you just got to go. And I think that's the next step for him is learning how to just go. Well, he doesn't just go. You can't be putting the ball on the deck anymore either. That's the number one issue. And well, yeah. So, security. so where do you go from here at running back behind ETN? If, if you can't trust tank to hang on to the football, which he can improve at it and do all the things, but Hey, there's a nine-game stretch coming up where there are going to be some big-time carries and big moments. Yeah, and you're going to need somebody to carry the football yeah. because you can't give ETN all those carries. So you got you got to decide what you're going to do. I mean, do you go to Johnson? I mean, is that is that what you do? Do you make him number two? Um, I mean, there's, there's Hasty's on the it's team. Not a, to Michael Hasty's still here, right? Yeah. I mean, they don't even he, he doesn't even use him, right? No, and Snoop Connor's on the practice squad, but that that doesn't yeah, seem like Yeah, that's not it's the a, answer either. No. So but think about what they've drafted at running back the last few years, right? I mean, ETN, Snoop, and now Tank, 3 years in a row. Yeah. They expected more from Tank Bixby at this point in the season. They did. They thought he would be come in, give him 10, 12 carries or 11, you know, 10 touch, 12 touches and be a guy who can get you short yardage numbers and that kind of thing. And it hadn't worked out that way. What's his what's his yards per attempt on the ground, JP, for the season? Oh, let's look at it's uh, not pretty. Uh, let's look at it. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars rushing statistics stand by Tank Bigsby, uh, 2.3 yards per carry. Yeah, and and granted, it's not all him. The offensive line hadn't been great at times run blocking, but now, that number needs to be significantly small better. Small sample size, 23 carries, 54 yards. He scored two well, Okay, it should be 23 for 75 if it's a bad – you know what I mean? That's yeah. he's just, It's not good. And, again, sometimes you just got to hit the hole and go, and he doesn't do that. And he bounced. He he's a bouncer. That was the reputation at Auburn is he was a bouncer. So And he's too big and physical to be a bouncer all the time. Let's take a look at the AFC standings. Yes, the conference standings, because the Jaguars are so far out in front right now, knock on wood, in the AFC South, that we look even to bigger fish to fry. And Kansas, are, you, are you printing playoff tickets already, JP? Uh, that would mean doing? they have the home field if we are. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. They are not, no. Um, however, 6-2. and two, is a fine start. Let's put it that way. Well, they would be. They would have a home playoff game. They would they? as three? a division champ. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so right now, Kansas City at six and two. They lost to Denver. They are four and one in the conference. Miami six and two, also four and one in the conference, but a, a smaller strength of victory and wins. Uh, Jacksonville three at six and two, four and two in the conference. Baltimore six and two as well. So give us your AFC power rankings, if you would, please, Mister Prisco. I would still 
Wow, you know that's tough. Um, Baltimore would probably be in the ahead of Kansas City right now for me after what happened yesterday. He had the um, flu, Pete. And, Didn't he have the flu, Mahomes? You're on the field. You're accountable. The rest of the team didn't have the flu. <laughs> they didn't play very well. It takes 11. And, and so I put Baltimore at one. I probably put – I might put Jacksonville at two, Ooh. even though Kansas City beat them. And then Kansas City at three. And then uh, my or Miami at three. And then Kansas City maybe somewhere along those lines. Uh, and there's certain teams you got to keep an eye on. And two of them play each other this week. The Bengals – who seem to have righted things. They play Buffalo at home this week. That's an enormous game in the AFC. Huge. Then there's Miami and Kansas City this week. Also That's big. an enormous game in the yes, AFC. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then Baltimore plays Seattle, which is a good game. So everybody, Jacksonville's going to sit back and watch all these AFC teams play important games this week. I and like that. they could come out of it. Just say Seattle won. Well, Kansas City Miami winner will be ahead of them, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Baltimore lost or, or Seattle beat Baltimore, and then see Cincinnati and Buffalo. One of those teams is going to get hot, really hot, and end up being a dangerous playoff team, no matter what. And it might be Cincinnati the way they're starting to warm up with Burrow now. Now the Bills did sign Leonard Fournette. Does that do anything for you? Uh, no. Playoff Lenny, come on, man. I mean, what's the difference between him and Latavius Murray? I mean, you know what I mean? They're just right. hand the ball off and watch two big guys go. I mean, it just doesn't I, – I don't think they run the ball enough as it is. You have enough – there's not enough carries for Latavius Murray, Leonard Fournette, and Cook. So it's good to be in uh, this kind of company for the Jaguars, certainly, at the midway point. And then the bye week coming up. Hey, quickly, your thoughts on week 10 could – I mean, they got to decide by tomorrow. They if, won't flex it. They, they won't flex it. You, they won't. It's no, because who's in that ten? Who's in that Monday night game? The Jets. That Sunday night game? The Jets. Yeah, the Jets in New York Raiders. market against against who? The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. I don't think they're flexing it because all you ever hear about is the Jets, 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 Jets. And the Jets play the Chargers this week, though, don't they? That's right. That could be a loss. So could be. They're could gambling with that a little they bit. They are absolutely. But I don't. Are. Do you see them flexing a? a I mean. It's tough because the yeah, but it's the it it's two of the hottest teams. Well, the 49ers have lost. Yeah, the 49ers have lost. That's that's taken a little bit of the steam out of that argument. No, the 49ers are off this week, though, aren't they? They are. Both both teams are off this week. So okay, so you got a a team that's lost three in a row against a small market team at their place. I can't imagine they'll flex that game. No, I'll say no. Even a four. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'll say no. Could they go to four o'clock? Do I hear four? That could happen. Ah. We'll see. That could. Hey, we'll come back in a moment, and the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour is dead ahead. We will have the Fanatics fan questions. We'll keep it real, and we may or may not hear again from Tony Baselli. I have no idea. He's somewhere in San Francisco. This is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. just been so caught up in our process and every week turning the page and and just finding a way when when Sunday comes 
whether we play great, we don't play great, you know, we have turnovers, we play clean, whatever it is, just how can we find a way to win the game? And that, whether that's our defense picking us up when we need it after a turnover, whether that's us going and scoring after the defense gives up a touchdown. I mean, it doesn't matter. And I think that mindset has given us a lot of confidence because we've seen ourselves win these tight games, win the games that aren't clean. We've won games where we've been behind. You know, we've found a way to win last week in New Orleans, you know, when they, they tied it up. We had a big touchdown and we got to stop on defense. So all those things just, you know, pile on top of each other and build a lot of confidence in a team. And we got to keep playing with that and clean up some of the mistakes like always. But I love where we're at right now. That is the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence after the game in Pittsburgh yesterday, a 20-10 win over the Steelers. And welcome back. It's hour number two of Jaguars Happy Hour and the second hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli coming up in a little bit. The Jaguars winning their fifth consecutive game, five stadiums, four cities, including four of the five opponents with a 500 or better record at this point. The defense leading the way again, stuffing the run, playing well against Pickett. Two takeaways. They continue to lead the league in takeaways so far this season. Lawrence threw a goal-to-go interception, but later in the game hit ETN for a touchdown, a long one to put the Jags up two scores. And now the Jaguars are on the NFL's longest active winning streak, tied for the best record in the AFC, headed into the Week 9 bye week. Hey, and the Jaguars' defense leading the way. Doug Peterson spreading the credit around on that side. Credit Mike Caldwell, you know, great, great game plans. Um, the defensive coaches, you know, preparing their players. There's a, there's a mindset over there now. There's confidence over there. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when you keep, when you keep things really uh, simple and, and you got the same calls and the guys understand the defense and, and the way they work during the week, I mean, everything, everything just translates to, to what you see in, you know, on game day. And, and um, it, it's a credit to them because defense is really, in my opinion, they've really kept the offense in these football games, you know, and, 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 then, and then until the offense can, can kind of break out and, and, and score, you know, score a touchdown. There you have it, the head coach, Doug Peterson, after the game yesterday. We welcome back Pete Prisco, CBS Sports senior writer. And, you know, in this, in this streak, Pete, um, the Jaguars are, have trailed for a total of 7 minutes, 10 seconds. The entire time. They have not trailed, but only that uh, end of the first quarter against the Indianapolis Colts when they trailed 3 nothing. That's been it. Yeah, and, and they haven't played that well. That, that's the amazing thing to right. me. I mean, they just haven't. Offensively, they haven't played that well. And I, it's coming. It's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be special. You know, before the season, JP, I, I thought Trevor Lawrence would throw – 37 touchdown passes for close to 5,000 yards, and they would light up the sky. Yeah. Well, what are we, eight games in? Is that right? So That's right. How many, how many yards does he have? Trevor Lawrence so far in the 2023 season has that many yards, 1,935. That, that ain't going to get near 5,000. I mean, he's – but not even quite halfway because there's no true half anymore. But um, yeah, that, that's that, four thousand. He's on pace for four thousand. That's four thousand and eighteen touchdowns. That's not that's not what I expected, which is why I think when they come off the bye, he's going to have more like eighteen touchdowns in the second half, and he's going to throw for more yards. How many times? How many times has he been over three hundred yards this year? 
Let's look at the uh, passing for the Jaguars. 300-yard games one time against Buffalo. And that's a number that I thought would be almost every week. He's been close. He was was close. He was 292 in Pittsburgh, and he was 279 against Houston when they were getting blown out. Right. It's just it hasn't been the offense. Now, across the board, offenses have struggled in the NFL. Scoring is down. It's not just in Jacksonville. It's everywhere. And it's just not – but it's not what I thought it would be. You watch the Chargers. You watch the Chargers last night. Now, it's a bad Bears team. Yeah. But you watch – the way they came out – Threw it around early. He was, what, 15 or 15 or whatever it was. They couldn't stop him. They did whatever they wanted to. It was 24 or, what, seven at the half. That's what I thought Jacksonville would be. And I think the play calling has been impacted by the interior of the offensive line, which has impacted and sped up Trevor Lawrence. And that's why they haven't been that good. If they get that sorted, the uh, interior line, everybody's wow. healthy, right? Um, and wow. then – if they, and Zay Jones comes back. It, yeah, that's the other. That was my next point. Like, if Zay is not right, let's just say it's not, it's not firing or whatever's going on. Uh, how do they overcome that? How do they make changes on offense to in to to make that hum again? Well, I don't think they have the receiver to do it. You know, if they don't if they don't have Zay Jones, they have to either do one of two things: either look to go get somebody tomorrow or or you know hope like heck you could scheme around it with guys like Evan Ingram and and getting strange involved in the passing game more because when you only have two it changes the way you play now they play a lot of snaps with extra tight ends on the field they run the ball with a lot of extra tight. I mean and they throw the ball with a lot of extra tight ends on the field I mean look at the snap counts for the two tight ends yesterday yeah the two top tight ends right Absolutely. I'm I, looking at it right I now. I bet there are got Ingram was 56. That's 79% of the snaps. Farrell was out there for 33 snaps, and the Strange had 29 snaps. There were 71 yeah. snaps in the game. Yeah. I mean, so they're using a lot of tight end snaps. And Well, now, and was yesterday that, the day for that because of the weather and the setup and the defense they're yeah, playing? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, and, but if you use those snaps for those tight ends – what you're going to end up doing is morphing Ingram into more of a receiver, even more than he's been, if you don't have Zay Jones. But the Zay Jones speed is what they will miss. That's what you can't replicate. So maybe you can call the Giants and try and find one of their you know, speed receivers. Clearly the Giants are in, we're going to have a fire sale mode. They traded Leonard Williams today. So maybe they'll, you could call a guy like Darius Slayton, who can run, by the way. Not a great receiver, but he can run and scare some people down the field. Tony Baselli back with us now, Hall of Fame left tackle. We're talking trade deadline coming up, of course, tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Tony. And uh, the yeah. idea, if Zay is not right for whatever reason, do you go make a move at receiver? Well, I mean, I think you're limited. I mean, it depends on what – I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always positions you can fill, but the reality is that, that you're, you have limited draft capital next year because of the, because of the Calvin Ridley deal. Yep. And so yeah, the two, sec- three and four, but the two, three and four are all tied up to it. That's my point. They're all tied up. So you have limited ability to go make any trades unless you're going to, unless you get someone for fifth, sixth or seventh, which you're going to have a lower, you know, 
maybe a, a, a down-the-line receiver possibly you could get. But, you know, are you going to be able to get one of those pass rushers for a fifth, sixth, seventh? No, I don't think so. So then you have to start thinking, can you trade a 25, two or three or four, um, which has less value? So I, I do think yeah, that but you got to think this too, Tony. If, if, if I'm the Vikings and I keep Daniil Hunter without getting anything for him, if he leaves me a free agency, at least I'm getting a three for him. So you got to get at least a three. Yeah, but Pete, you, you can't – I mean – are they going to take a three and 25? Well, but I'm saying if you're, why would you trade them if you're not going to get a three? And the Jaguars are kind of handcuffed by that because they can't give them a three. No, I think we're saying the same thing, Pete. I think yeah. they're limited in what they actually can do. Which is uh, a bad decision, by the way. You, you kind of restricted yourself. Well, wait a second. You were all for the Calvin Ridley. I'm all for the Ridley trade, but did you have to tie, tie every draft pick to it? You could have just tried, tied one to it. Couldn't you? <laughs> Pete, I, I I love your, like, revisionist history. You were one of the people thinking, what a great trade, great trade, great trade, great trade. But then you look at it, but you look at it on the surface, and it sounded like great trade, but when, you, when you're when you in a position to make a move and you can't because you don't have any availability of the draft pick, that's not necessarily a great thing, is it? And I don't know if that's – I've looked it up and I've tried to find out, but it, the two, three, and four are all tied to some condition involving the trade. They are. So they are not available to anybody. That's my understanding, Pete, but I'm not an expert in this. But my understanding is, I mean, I guess you could trade yours too, because you, but at that point, you're basically saying we cannot sign Ridley to a new deal. Which is something that I don't think you can determine that right now. Well, you just say he's a free agent, that you don't sign, like you no, are I'm saying. But, but for, for your good of your football team, oh. what if he goes out the rest of the way and, and has... I, right. you, no, my, we're, I agree with you. You can't do that. But so I think, I mean, the only chance the Jaguars have to go get a Daniil Hunter or someone else, there's two two paths there. You know, Montez Sweat's a heck of a player, and he's younger. How old's Daniil Hunter? I don't think he's that old. Uh, uh, I don't. I think he's 29. maybe 27. 29. 29? Yeah, yeah. So. so He's a little bit older, but Montez Sweat, I believe, is like 26, 27, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the only thing— Chase he, Young is 24. 24, but how's he playing this year? I worry about okay. his— I worry about his— Okay, but you're right. Durability is a concern. He's a better player than Montez Sweat when he's on the field, but Montez Sweat shows up every week. Sweat's That's 27, right. by the way, 27 years old for Sweat. I mean, Pete, would you give—the only chance you have is do you give a one for either of those guys? Well, if you're good as you think you're going to be, it's not. It's going to be a late one. But but here's you're renting them for a one. You're not going to be able to pay them. That's the problem. Well, that's that's my point. If you're going to give a one up, a late one, let's say, then you have to say, can we? Do we have the cap room to sign Josh Allen and Daniil Hunter or Montez Sweat, and then give Trevor Lawrence fifty million? Or do you? But the other side of that is this: you're six and two. You're obviously going to win. It's clear it looks like they're going to win a division, at least I think that way. You're going to be a playoff team. You're good enough. You haven't even come close to clicking on offense yet. So why not go for it? Go for it. You go for the go for the go for the ring. Who you can worry about the cap ramifications next year. Go for the damn ring. Because if they get another edge rusher, 
the way the secondary's been playing, Tony, and we were all, we, me and JP talked about this earlier, we were all wrong about the secondary. They've exceeded expectations in a big way. So go get another edge rusher and go for it. So you'd give up a one for Daniel Hunter? I think Hunter? about it. I think about it. Who would you take, you Daniel Hunter? I'd Hunter. Guess what? I'd take Daniel Hunter. I would too. Then you'd have the number one and two sack artists in the league this and year. And go ahead, and you got the number, you got the third run, third rank run defense, the number one and number two sack guys, and a secondary that's overachieved and linebackers who can are playing their best football they've played since they've been in Jacksonville. Go ahead, go for it. And then you get the other side of the coin. The offense hasn't come close to being what it will be, not even close. And and they're still winning games. So, yeah. Now the concern is. Zay Jones, Tony, that's a concern. You know, what What if he's not there? What do you do? You have to, you know, if there's a, a lingering issue with him, you need to find another receiver somehow, some way. Yeah, but what, and I haven't paid attention as much to the receiver receiving situation out there, Pete. It's not a lot out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get much. I mean, I don't, I don't, what you could get is like somebody – Okay, I'll give you an example. Washington, if they Washington's having a fire sale, you're not going to get McLaurin clearly. But what about Deami Brown, who can run? He hasn't probably been up as good as expected, but he can run. He can fly. That's what they need. They need somebody who can run to replace Zay Jones if you don't have Zay Jones. Because you can't. You would agree with this. If Zay Jones isn't there, they can't play with Agnew as your number three receiver. Well, they haven't for whatever reason. So there's something there. I mean, they, they they did not roll Agnew out. I mean, uh, Tim Jones was the third receiver. Yep. Right. Tim Jones is a good block. I told you he's a good blocker. Tim Jones. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I mean, Darius Slayton for the Giants, another what guy who can run. Can you get for a fifth rounder? Because that's all you have. That's, to that's probably what you could get. I would look at it, but I'm intrigued, Pete, because I was 100% no. Is there anything you could do, Pete? And, and I'm not – I haven't looked at our cap situation. Could you – let's say you go get Daniil Hunter for a one. And Daniil Hunter and Josh Allen end up one and two in the sacks, you know, 16 and 15 for the year. Could you sign both to $25 million deals, hold off a year on Trevor, and then pay, wait to pay Trevor the next year? It might be tough to do. But you, there's ways to get it. You, I mean, look, we've played the cap game before. He can go, he can go, he can go, and you could fit anybody in you want to. I, I just think in this scenario, if you get Daniil Hunter to go with Josh Allen and you have that quarterback and that offense, which hasn't clicked yet, you're going for it. Go for it. How many times are you going to be in this situation where you can go for it? Go for it. And by the way, if you win it all, that first rounder's the number 32 pick and is really, you know, like a second rounder. Right. So, so, uh, I, yeah, I mean, so you're, you're, you would give up the one for Daniel I'm, Hunter. You're giving, you're giving it up. You're giving it up. Baselli's giving up the one. <laughs> I'm starting to work that, that way. I, I am. I'd give it up. I'd give him the one. Hey, did, did you see that day to go get Leonard Williams? I okay. Did. They think they're going to be a playoff team. They're making a push. That's it. They gave up, what, a two and a – it was a two and a four, I think. Yeah. So, okay, give up a two and a four. You don't, they, have, a, you don't have a two to give up. Maybe they'll year. take the future. Maybe they'll take 2025 too. 
I mean, or, I mean, if you can go give a two and a three and twenty-five, get rid of those two. I mean, I don't know. I would, I would go for it. I, I think, I, I think, would I think if you have Josh Allen on one side and you have Daniil Hunter on the other, and Trayvon Walker can move inside and play in there, and you can get guys like Smoot slides inside. He did it. They can, all of a sudden, the quarterback's going to go. Oh, oh my. I thought, and I thought. Now, you know, we're talking about you know bringing in a pass rusher, and I didn't watch the tape, but watching it live. I thought Trayvon was better. Better. Much better. I mean, he's always good against the run, but I thought he was better. Like, he had, like, those early pass rushes against Okafor were good. Well, he ran – the one he ran right through him like he always does. Yep. Then he had another one where he slid inside of him with a move. Yeah, he kicked inside yeah. of him. Yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of them, but it was better. I, yep. uh, yes. But, again, why not have three? <laughs> why not have three? Go ask the New York Giants how having three pass rushers worked out for them against the Patriots. Correct. Worked out well. Uh, Let's come back. We're going to keep it real when we uh, return, and I think we just did. Uh, We might be a consensus on this program to go for it. We'll see if they do or not. Uh, Hey, the Mr. Chubby's food option for our production staff tonight, chicken parm sandwiches and garlic wings and, for some reason, salad. It's fantastic, though. Check them out, of course. Uh, Mr. Chubby's is the sponsor of the second hour. And PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Yeah, I knew. You know, It was just a bad play by me. You know, That wasn't the look. Wasn't the coverage, the look that we wanted for that play, and um, you know when I got to the top of my drop and I saw one and two weren't open, I should have just thrown it out of the back of the end zone. I think it was, I think it was was that first, maybe first and five from the five or something like that. Um, just should have thrown it away right away, but I kind of scrambled and then tried to throw one late to Calvin in the back of the end zone and kind of double covered there. So that's one that I know better and just in that moment tried to do too much. Here's the quarterback, of course, on his interception. Goal to go. First and goal with the six. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco. And get ready for the tailgate with Tony, benefiting the Baselli Foundation. It's coming up Sunday, November 19th at Metropolitan Park, ahead of the Titans-Jaguars game, 10 a.m. to 12.30. Live music, a Q&A with Tony and Jags legends, all-inclusive ticket options available. Visit BaselliFoundation.com. And for those of you new in town, it's B-O-S-E-L-L-I, how you spell Baselli, and you can get tickets there. Use the promo code TONY50 for $50 off your entry fee. And we're looking forward to that, Tony. May, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out there. I'm going to try to, though. Yeah, we need to figure that out, JP, because um, I'm going to do my first hit out there. Maybe you can come join me. Maybe you can MC it. Maybe we'll have to figure something out. Yeah, I mean, because I'm on 11 for pregame on the Publix tailgate show. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Um, <laughs> so then maybe maybe before that. Yeah, know? absolutely. We'd love By it. the way, JP, yes. he's a Hall of Famer. Everybody knows how to spell Baselli. What are you kidding me? <laughs> Just making sure. Everybody. Making sure. That, you know, it used to be he's a little Jacksonville guy. Everybody, hey, hey, there's Tony Baselli. But now he has the gold jacket. Price went up. People know him now. I mean, come on. Yeah, a lot of people writing the checks now, so they have to write that name on there, too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep, it no. keep it real. Keep it real. 
<laughs> we are keeping it real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi, and it has to do with the intended receiver on that interception in the end zone. Calvin Ridley, so far, 58 targets for the season, 33 receptions, 451 yards, two touchdowns. His best outings uh, were week one at Indy, the first half especially, but he went over 100 in that game with a touchdown. And then against Buffalo in London, seven for 122 in that game. His other touchdown came against Atlanta, of course, his former team. So um, what is your opinion so far of Ridley's performance this season? And uh, what what else can they get out of him this year? Um. I would say his numbers are lower than I thought, um, but I think his contribution as far as overall and how he has fit into this team has been great. Because um, you always worry, you don't know. You know, they had a really good uh, kind of camaraderie, culture, whatever you want to talk about between the quarterback, the receivers. There was no one who really complained about whether they got the ball or not. It was a pretty, which is, by the way, pretty unique in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, and you wondered what would it what would happen with Calvin coming in and being you know especially in the off season when everyone's like he's the man he's the man he's the man number one receiver, our local media losing their brains about you know greatest thing you know ever and he's a very good player and I'm so happy he's on our team. I'm really impressed how he's handled, probably not having the numbers he expected or what we're projected because he's a great team guy plays his tail off. He has not complained one bit um, has owned it when he had the bad game against Houston. I mean, I, I've been super impressed with him. I think he's been a, a very um, great addition to this team, even if the numbers are less than we thought they would be. Would agree with you 100%. 100%. He's handled yeah, he's himself like a pro. Like a pro. Uh, I expected that though. Um, I heard nothing but good things from people in Atlanta for, about him. And Julio Jones kind of mentored him when he was there. And Julio Jones is a pro's pro. So, And even if he doesn't practice all the time, he's a pro's pro. But I am disappointed in the production so far from my standpoint. But I've said that earlier before you came back on, Tony. I don't think the offense is quite where it is going to be. And therefore, I don't think his numbers are where they're going to be. I, I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to throw 35 to 37, 38 touchdown passes. He's got nine. I mean, nine. And he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been what I thought it was going to be. And I thought Ridley would catch 100 passes for, you know, 1,400 yards and, and 10 touchdowns. And he's not on close to that pace. So it's not where I thought it would be. But I think the second half of the season, you're going to see a different – passing game for the Jaguars. I think I think you're going to see more shots down the field. And again, I go back to what we said most of the beginning of this season. The play calling was affected by the interior of the offensive line. The quarterback has been sped up by the interior of the offensive line. And I think that's impacted the numbers down the field. By the way, Ridley leads the league in – uh, targets that cause defensive pass interference. Six times this year he has been the intended receiver and drawn the flag for DPI. Which means he might have, you know, say you get three big plays out of half, you get half of those yeah. things, that's, that's you know, taking away three big plays from him. But there's been times where 
I th- you know, early in the season, I thought they tried to feed him too much, and they got away from that. Then he was doubled at New Orleans. I mean, they took him away at New Orleans. That's that's what they did. So, in that's what you do. You go away from that. But now the next step for Ridley, when they do double you, if you're really a star receiver, how do you handle it? That's the next step. And so I think I think the next half of this season is going to be big for him, and it's going to make him make a, an adjustment on it too. Um. Yeah, I, I think Pete and I are in agreement. I mean, overall, positive. Love that he's on our team. Numbers probably aren't where we thought they would be. But that's the same to Pete's point. I mean, I thought Trevor would have bigger numbers as well. At the end of the day, who cares? You're 6-2. and two. Your defense is playing great. You're, you have one of the best running backs in football. Um, you're getting healthy. Uh, questions with Zay Jones. I think missing Jay, Zay hurts them right now because he's a big part of that offense. But – I think overall it's great. I mean, where they sit right now, I think it's outstanding. So, but with that, it made me think of another, can I change it? Another keeping it real topic. Uh, you know what? Go ahead, Tony. Yes, please. Maybe you guys already talked about it. You guys talked about Tank Bigsby. We did. I think they have an issue at running back. Yes, we did. Yes. But uh, we, we agree with you. Yeah. And I, and I think, listen, ETN is, he's one of the best five running backs in the NFL. Let's just call it what it is. He's outstanding. I think I would bring Dearness Johnson as the number two now and give him more carries. I think he's a good enough back where you can trust him. And I think I, and I would bring up, um, oh, uh, the Snoop, 20, uh, 22, no, 22. Hasty, Jamichael Hasty. Oh, Hasty. Hasty, Jamal Hasty as my third back. And I might let Tank relax a little bit for a while. Kind of just, you, you I don't think the, the sense I get is they don't trust him right now. And he, not that he's earned it. I mean, another turnover. And I think you have to have guys out there right now that you trust that, you know, and you have to spell ETN down the stretch. We have nine games left and the volume of touches and carries that he's, that he's, you know, put on his back so far is pretty good, pretty, pretty significant. And you're going to need somebody who can take series, not just a play, series off his plate and i don't think it's tank bigsby it's tank bigsby right now not that i'm giving up on tank i think i still think he'd be a very very good player in this league for whatever whatever's going on you need to give him a break in my opinion go with Ernest johnson get jamal hasty in there you know what he is what he did last year and uh and kind of move forward i would agree with you uh, and, and and i think the other side of that tony is He's averaging two and a half yards per rush. And he bounces everything, everything. And I think sometimes you just got to put your head down and go. You just go. He's a big back. He's got the, the whole idea with drafting him was to improve the short yardage game and, and, and you know, get him going in this, in, for this short yardage stuff. And that's not who he is right now. So I, I tend to agree with you. I would, I would probably make Johnson my, my number two right now. Uh, I think you have to. You know, and and not just the fumbling, because look, there's been great. Tiki Barber was a great backing fumbled member a lot, and Tom Tom kind of helped him get over that. You can get over that, but I don't think he's running with the same power and and toughness inside that he can run with. So I think there's something going on there. Let him maybe let him sit for a while and and watch and get back out there later in the year. Yeah, 
I agree. There you have it. Keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Plenty ahead. Fanatics fan questions coming up. Bootleggers, get ready. Luke Combs is bringing two nights of the Growing Up and Getting Old Tour to Everbank Stadium May 3rd and 4th, 2024 with different special guests each night. Tickets on sale now. Visit EverbankStadium.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings in the second hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. And it's time for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans gear up at Fanatics.com with all latest Jag styles. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. We put the cat signal out on X earlier today. Here are the best posts that we've come up with. There are a lot submitted today. At JagsFan5858, do you think the Jags will make a trade before the deadline or keep what they have to not disrupt any team chemistry? If they do make a trade, then what position should they trade for? Well, we talked through this a little bit, but what's your opinion of this team chemistry part of it? I, I, I don't – I would make a trade. I am now in the camp. I'd give a number one and go get one of those pass rushers because I think you're going you're gonna to go deep in the playoffs at this point if everything stays equal. You never have enough pass rushers. Worry about next year, next year. Um, I mean, you got to be careful. But, I mean, I think it's – I mean, based on because what you have tied up with Calvin Ridley, all you really have to do is get, um, trade a one. I don't think they're going to do it, though. I don't think they're going to do it. To me, it has nothing to do with team chemistry. Let me tell you about team chemistry. If you have good team chemistry, you're not worried about bringing someone in. Because they'll conform to you. You think, you know, the Patriots, when they were winning all those games, worried about bringing in somebody? No. Not, not, not for a second. No. When you have great, when you have a great locker room, a strong culture, it will, it will, it will police itself. I'm with uh, you. And by I'm the way, I don't, I don't think any of the guys are, that are out there that are, we've been talking about are an issue anyways. I think they all love football. Um, I just don't think they're going to do it. I, I don't get the sense they're going to make the move. Well, part of the problem is if you go make a move for a pass rush, you're, you're saying to yourself, well, our number one overall pick wasn't what it was supposed to be. Well, I hope that's the reason they don't. I, I hope that's you, the reason they wouldn't do it because that's the wrong reason. Not you to. mean you hope that's the reason that's not the reason that, they don't do it? I hope right. that's not the reason they don't do it because Christ. I'm a big believer I think great front office individuals, great coaches are people who can admit their mistakes. If it's a mistake. And I don't think, I'm not saying Trayvon Walker is no. a mistake. He, but right now he's not the pass rusher you need, you would like him to be at this point of his career. I, I think Trayvon Walker is going to be a longtime Jaguar and I think he's going to make a lot of big plays for us. But if you're looking at it right now and, you know, would another pass rusher make you even better on defense? I would think so. The way Josh Allen's playing, the way that back half and the linebackers is Pete, are playing, absolutely. I just don't think they're going to do it. It could make it downright scary, Tony. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a chance to get get a defense that has the top two pass rushers in the league in terms of sacks on your roster right now. Yep. I mean, that, that means somebody's going to get one-on-one -on -one every time. Yep. We were touching on this earlier. The um, 
the idea that some of these players are coming back. Hamilton's back. Tony uh, didn't play a lot yesterday, but you know, in theory that could rise. Uh, Smoot's back. Could that be enough to help the overall front be better down the stretch? Well, I think they're going to be better. I think they're just going to keep on improving with those guys getting back and healthier and healthier and healthier. But at Dwan Smoot's best, pre-Achilles, six-sack guy, seven-sack guy, I mean, that's what he is. And could give you a couple from the outside, a couple from the inside. That's what he's going to give you. Valuable teammate, valuable member of the Jaguars. But that's what he is, six-sack guy. Uh, Devon Hamilton, at his best, I mean – now, he was really good in preseason, but now he's just trying to get back and get healthy. But really, he's a two-down player, first, second down. He, I mean, looks, down he looks small, like he hadn't been able to lift or something, Tony. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure he had some limitations with the back. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's going to take him a while because even his snaps, I don't know if you, you didn't watch the tape, but watching him, he didn't look like the power player that he was before the injury. Yep. So it's going to take him a month at least to get close to being where he was. Next question. At the Realist AVD, with all the talk about bringing someone in for pass rush, can we talk about what specifically makes this front so good against the run? Uh, Number one, they're really big and physical up front. They have three interior guys that will just beat you up. And then they have two deep outside – I mean, they're two outside linebackers, and Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker – can set the edge and are physical players. And Trayvon, one of the most physical outside linebackers you're going to see in the league. And if you watch Josh Allen over this stretch, and then I saw it live, Pete, tell me if I was wrong. Josh Allen made some plays from the in the run game, just shutting down the, the edge and coming off and making plays. Yep, yep. So you, so you have those five guys up front who are just studs. And then you have two backers right now, and Aluakon and, and Devin Lloyd, who are running and hitting, and Alucon's been doing it since the day he signed here. He diagnoses a play faster than anyone else maybe in the league. He is a leader. He's smart. He's in the right place, not out of position. And then Devin Lloyd is, is ascending right now and playing good football. That front seven is why you're good. And, uh, hey, let's not forget about Rayshon Jenkins coming down into the box, who's one of the more physical uh, safeties and tacklers. And then when they get nickel. You have a nickel player, Trey Herndon, who's great, is a physical player as well. So you just got a bunch of dogs out there that are physical and beat people up. Yeah, and and I said this earlier, Tony. I think in the last three games, Devin Lloyd's the most improved player on the team. He looks good. It's, it's amazing. It's almost like it went on. There's no more, where am I lining up? What zone am I dropping into? He doesn't react, particularly in the pass defense. He, he drops, reacts, tackles. And they go down. Like you said last week, they don't miss tackles. If he drops one more interception, though, with that dang cast on his thumb. <laughs> That's what it is right now. Uh, and, has, and the funny thing is, prior to the surgery, he's one of the, had some of the best hands on the, t- on the defense. Yeah, that's right. Not that's right. He'll come back at some point. At Nick Popejoy is the next question. Who is the MVP of the offense and the defense at the halfway mark? Um, I'm a, I I narrowed down to two guys on defense, either a Luacon or Josh Allen. Um, on offense, I'm gonna go Travis Etienne. Good choices, Pete. It's hard, yeah, it's hard for me to 
not pick the quarterback as the MVP. It just goes against everything I believe in because you always pick the quarterback. But uh, defense, you said it would be Josh Allen has to be the MVP. Of the defense. I said either Luacon or Josh Allen. They're both. Yeah, I, I'm going with it. a guy who has that that sack influence and that those sack numbers and and the pressures. I'm going with Josh Allen. All right, uh, the picks are in. Let's get one final question at Coach Nick's two five. What's your favorite Halloween candy? I'll go with the little mounds bars. What do you got? Well, that's a weird one. I mean, I like mounds too, but because uh, I like coconut, but that's that. You're like off the beaten path with that. What are you one, talking aren't about? You? No way. Those are Talk, like everywhere. Is he off the beaten path a little bit. I mean, most people say, uh, you know, Snickers or uh, you what, know, Butterfinger. What, what do you like? Butterfinger. I got two. Mine is a Snickers. I like that too, though. And my my off the kind of off the beaten path one. This ought to be good. This ought to be good. You remember dots? Those little chewy like gummy. Oh, you know, I, I, I never. I don't mind dots either. Though I can't say anything. <laughs> Especially the licorice one was always yeah. good. Yeah. Because I, I actually I prefer. Sugar. Um, this is gonna sound. I prefer those kind of sugar candies over chocolate. To be honest with you. Well, and here's my problem, Pete. So do I. A lot of times, like to this day, my kids go trick or treat. They come back. I steal the dots before anything else. I love the, the texture, the chewiness, the texture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not hating on you for that. Especially <laughs> the, red, the red dots. Oh my god. Oh, I love. But like I always, I like the juju fruits. You know, the, the I like the Swedish fish, the red oh, Swedish fish. Swedish fish. I mean, licorice. You know, like licorice. Not just I like string licorice. It's hard to find anymore, but I I like that. Yeah, I prefer that over chocolate. I'm not a giant chocolate guy. Red vines, you like red vines, Pete? They're okay. I like the 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 long. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hard to find the you know the strawberry ones are hard to find. Or, or yeah, strawberry ones. That's old school licorice. Yeah. Pete Prisco is kind of like the the black licorice. If you if you like it, you love it. If you don't like it, you just hate it, right? So your dad hates black licorice. Yeah, then, not huh, a fan apparently. How <laughs> 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 it is? JP's dad hates me. I know. Trust me. One of the things that puts a smile on my face every day when I wake up, Pete, knowing that JP's dad can't stand you and loves yeah. me. <laughs> I don't know if he loves you. I think he tolerates you. He just doesn't like me. Well, he no, he loves me compared to you. That's all that. <laughs> I still haven't figured out why your dad doesn't like me, though. He's never met me. <laughs> I don't know if he What's ever Pop JP's name, by the way. What's that? What's your dad's name? His name is John. His birthday was this week, actually, by the way. Happy 70, birthday, John. 76. And why do you not like me? You never met me. Man, you have that effect on people, uh, Pete. But JP's sitting over there laughing. I mean, he's like, he's all proud of his dad having disdain for me. <laughs> so am I. <sighs> I mean, it's great. Do we interrupt you? Is that why? Do we not let you have the flow? I mean, <laughs> JP, he should hate the guy on Twitter that calls you out every week. Every week, that guy. He's back That again. guy. Tony, did you see that one today? No, I didn't see it. Oh, my God. We we almost you know how like they do mean tweets on um on shows that's that would be a mean tweet because it doesn't just take you down, it takes Franzi down. Too. <laughs> so are we are we not allowed to show it? Is it that bad? Yeah. I, no, it's not. You can read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
You can read it. There's not dirty word in it. I mean, you can read it, Pete. I'm not going to read it. Oh, well, not right now. We'll come back <laughs> no, in a moment. Read it. I'm back. I'll read it, and uh, you tell me it's, it's a little <laughs> <harsh>. <laughs> Kick off the second half of the season at the bank when the Jaguars take on the 49ers. November 12th, kickoff set for 1 o'clock for now. Tickets are going fast. I did hear that uh, single uh, um, standing room is being sold, by the way. Secure your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets. We'll go around the NFL when we come back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Buscelli, Pete Briscoe, Jaguars Happy Hour in the second hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. I'm at the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville. Tony is in San Francisco. Pete is in South Florida. And for 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. And go Jags. All right, thanks for all the Fanatics fan questions tonight, by the way. There was a lot. There's a lot going on. A lot of happy Jaguar fans this week. Five-game yeah, win streak. Yeah, you forgot this one, though, Oh, JP. boy. Oh, boy. Here right. we go. Oh, Here we gosh. go. Tony, you want to hear it? What? You want to hear the tweet, the mean tweet? No, don't read that loud. Not, no, I, I won't read it out loud. You know why I won't read it out loud? Because then we're going we're gonna to give the guy credit for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, don't want to give him any credit. He doesn't. We want to block him. We want to block him. Exactly. But let's put it this way. If your dad's that mean to me. <laughs> My dad's like the nicest guy on the planet, Pete. He just doesn't like me. Yeah, and that's fair. He doesn't know me. And that's also fair. I think it's just your general aura. Sometimes. I get it. I felt like that. I felt like that about Pete a lot of days in my life. Oh my god! <laughs> let's go. Let's go around the National Football League and start with the uh, the Panthers. A field goal at the end beat the Texans fifteen to thirteen. The two rookie quarterbacks. Well, neither one was the best rookie quarterback on Sunday. I can tell you that right now. Hmm. You know who that was, don't you? Yeah, I know. I, I, Will Levis, is his, I think is his name, that you are. Let everyone on Twitter know. J, uh, JP, did you see that? Pete, let everyone know on Twitter. I told you. Oh, I told you, because I will tell you when I'm right. Huh? <laughs> I told you. Well, you know why I said that? It was him and Christian Ponder all along. I no, knew I, no, I was wrong about Christian Ponder. But you know what's the best thing about being wrong about Christian Ponder? I worked with Rick Spielman, and he drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, going through some of these games here. These uh, Saints beat the Colts 38-27. The Dolphins over the Patriots 31-17. Stop me if any of these intrigue you. The Eagles over the Commanders 38-31. That, one's, that was interesting. I mean, I <laughs> – you know, the Eagles traded for Kevin Byard because they had issues in the secondary. They needed safety help. To give up 31 to the commanders, I mean, here's what I mean, I'll say. Jalen Carter got hurt, by the way. And I'll say it this way, Pete and JP. This is why I love the NFL. And this is why we also got to be careful of not getting too excited about being 6-2. and two. Three weeks ago, 
Nobody can beat the 49ers or the Eagles. They're the greatest teams on earth, blah, 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 blah. Or the Chiefs. And then the, and the Chiefs are right there. And then, like, it's, you know, you know, you have that narrative. And now, all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, it's like the 49ers have lost three in a row. The Eagles lost. Their defense, you know, has some issues, obviously, giving up 31. Chiefs lose to Denver. Now it was snowing and Mahomes was sick. My point is... It wasn't is, really snowing, though. It was supposed to snow, and it never really did. I, my point is, it's a long season. Yep. This is where, as a franchise, and I think this is one of the things that Doug is so good at. Stay balanced. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Don't think too far down the road. Let's worry about getting through the bye and beating the next team on our schedule. Um, with that said, I'm going to play the non-coach, non-responsible person. There's nobody in this league that scares me as far as from the Jaguar standpoint. We are as good as anybody in the NFL. Yep. Which is why you need to go for it. Yep. I agree. Seahawks are going for it. They beat the Browns 24-20 yesterday, Pete. And then traded for Leonard Williams, to, which I think is a good move for them. Uh, the Browns, P.J. Walker, up. you're up in the game, three. Third and three, late in the game, two minutes left. He threw an interception. Punt the damn ball in, run the ball, make him use a timeout, punt the ball in, and make him go down and get a field goal. These guys are out of control. Out of control. Out of control. Ravens over the Cardinals, 31-24. Bengals beat the Niners, as you mentioned, and the Chargers over the Bears last night. Monday Night Football, Jimmy Garoppolo returns from a back injury for the Las Vegas Raiders at 3-4 and four as they visit Jared Goff, Aiden Hutchinson, and the 5-2 and two Detroit Lions. Who you got in Motown on Monday night? Hey, Nothing he, like... He, hold on. He, you notice he was a little more reserved after flubbing it last week. <laughs> yeah, he was. He wanted to make sure... It wasn't wanted, very long. It was very no, basic. You, no. Before he, was, he, you know what, last week... Yep. He was all into it. Last week he choked, and now he's taking it easy. And you know what? And you know you what? Pull the driver out. It's almost, at least last week he took the bat off his shoulder and took the swings. That was This week he bunted. You bunted, JP. You were bunting. I just Take need... the damn bat off the shoulder, get back in there, and start swinging again. Like that receiver that just needs a short catch to get back in rhythm, maybe. I don't know. Don't you think, Tony? He, 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 he took the easy way out. That was embarrassing. Yeah. I picked but the I damn like the game. Lions How about tonight? that? <laughs> I like the Lions tonight. And I think when you look at the Lions, they're wounded. They got beat up last week. They come home against a bad team. That's usually a bad combination. I think they blow them out. I think the Raiders are awful. They had a team meeting where everyone could air their thoughts. <laughs> That's the first sign of stuff hitting the fan and going down the drain. And so I think the Lions blow them out. I'm with Pete. Yeah, rarely do you have players only or team meetings when things are going swimmingly. That doesn't no. really. Well, Josh McDaniels can alienate some people now. Does he survive, Pete? It's a lot of money invested in They owe like they owe all this money. Like, yeah. The Raiders aren't a rich franchise. So they're richer now because they're in Vegas and they have that stadium. But you're right. For a long time, they could barely even keep up and pay their. They had to take money out to pay the bills at one point. Hmm. If they win tonight, they're 500. You think they're winning tonight, JP? No. 
Well, no. based on your intro to Monday Night Football, you, you're, not, you're not even watching the game. I should be home sleeping. You said you were in that uh, preparing for hey, that. it's Monday Night Football. Hey, everybody, welcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if you were calling the game, if JP were calling the game, could you imagine? I feel like Westwood won. He'd be cheating him out of a dime or whatever. The, or you do work for Westwood. Drop low back and drops back. He throws it to Devontae I'm here in Detroit, and there's a game going on. Terrible, JP. Embarrassing. Performance. <laughs> get back, hey, back in the game, JP. Hey, get off the bench and get in the game. Try it again. Tony, be nice. You're going to be on John's hit list. <laughs> I think, frankly, I think JP's dad, John, is disappointed in his son. Oh, this- <laughs> wow. Well, wow. That's not the son that John raised me. He raised a guy who battles, who fights, gets back in the game when he fails. <laughs> This AP, I don't know who he is. I don't think John even recognizes him. How the hell did we go down this road? This is unbelievable. Because I always filed that one away when you told me your dad didn't like me. Man. <laughs> so, and, and for clarity's sake, he did clarify. He said, I, I don't hate Pete. He's quite knowledgeable about football. However, there are days. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the uh, club, John. There's days I have with Pete. <laughs> hey, there's days I don't even like what I say. <laughs> Hey, what's the bye week plan, Tony? What do you got? Pete, you got to work. Uh, I'm going work. to – I'm in San Francisco right now. I'll be back tomorrow in Jacksonville. And then uh, don't ask me why, but I'm heading it back to the West Coast, going to L.A. for homecoming week. Mm. Um, at SC. Uh, my wife has – she's doing something with the song girls, watch my son-in-law. And then I uh, take the red eye after the game Saturday night and go to Cincinnati. I'm doing the Bills-Bengals Sunday night football in Cincinnati. Wow. Nice. Very nice. You're, you're you're racking up all kinds of miles, man. What are you doing? You're killing yourself. That's why. But Pete, I'm healthy now. I'm skinny. I know. Isn't it amazing? You lose a little weight. You feel like I told somebody yesterday. I go. This is the first time in the first week in November I felt this good during the season ever. Yeah, I feel great. I actually do really feel good. So I'm looking forward. It'll be a lot of travel, but looking yeah, forward. Yeah, but the only problem with travel, Tony, you got to deal with other people. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a routine. Um, I get a good seat, I put my headphones on, and I act like I'm reading something. You, but I'm just saying, getting on the plane, oh, getting in line, and getting out of the plane. And, but you probably have all first-class upgrades, and yeah. it's in your contract and everything else, knowing you. Yes. <laughs> Affirmative, Pete Prisco. But you're going to see USC play. They're terrible. Oof. Yes, they, they're better than Arizona State, but they are not very good. Yeah, they're not very good. All right, boys. Got to run. Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli, our entire crew, Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour.